the Fan Freaks Podcast, number 41. You're listening to the show where we freak out about our favorite movies, games, comics, and any media in between. This is George, the Bone King, speaking, and I'm joined by... Brawling Barb. Hopefully the name sticks this time. Yeah, I know. We're staying with Brawling Barb. You know what? We have a brand to maintain. <laughs> That's what we're going to do. <laughs> no. We're going to bring it back to this now. Yes, we've decided. All right. You know what? Thank. I just want to say thank you for stopping by. Today's show is actually going to be really interesting. It's a reaction review episode about the new Man Man album, Dream Hunting in the Valley of the In-Between. Um, we're, That's a mouthful, isn't it? Yeah, it's a little bit uh, long of a title. Honestly, I had to look it up. I've been calling it Dream Hunting essentially because i'm just too lazy to say the rest but it is How a good we just album keep it as that oh wait should we say the whole thing so people can look it up oh no they'll get dream hunting man man that's fine i mean dream i mean i'm sure dream hunting would show up in other places but anyway wait wait before we get into any of that let's get straight into mm-hmm. our recents if you don't mind i'm just gonna go ahead and lead us off on our recents with a, a game that i've been playing because you know what uh apparently you've been playing it for a while now and i had Years. no idea so of this fun. and that game that i played was uh I played Payday 2. It's so much fun. Yeah. It's so much fun. And it's, I wouldn't say mindless because it's really like you're always engaged to shoot shit. But it's like, it kind of like, it's not like a realistic game. It just kind of oh, takes no. the idea of like Definitely an arcade not shooter. No. <laughs> yeah, right. But yeah, like, so it just like has the idea of like, you know, let's get an arcade shooter and let's fucking run with it. And they go real hard in that game. You, oh my God. So you can customize a bunch of like weapons and shotguns. You can make them look really pretty and they can have a bunch of different builds and stuff. It's wild. It's wild. Yeah, tell it, tell it's, about your experience. It's really just um, a great example of doing something interesting with the first person shooter dynamic. Because like I've played a lot of like uh, first person shooter games that have multiplayer modes that are literally just deathmatch. Like it's just you you kill them, you you just start killing things, and that's really it. Uh, it's not like it's always the same objectives. There's different scenarios that are really fun, and that's where I found mo- most of the enjoyment. I thought this was just going to be a repetitive go into a location, steal a thing, and get out. But like there was all sorts of shit. There was an art gallery. There was uh making uh meth. I think there was like a cooking meth one. There yeah, like, straight up from uh, oh Breaking God. Bad. Yeah, Cook-Off. Cook-Off was the name of the level. I love that. There's Cook-Off and I think Lab Rat. And those are both really fun. So, like, with those levels specifically, too, it's not just like, oh, yeah, grab the chemical, make the meth. You have to put them in specific order while you're under fire from a bunch of people. And sometimes the guy giving you this, like, all right, it's this chemical. Wait, wait, wait. No, no. I gave you the wrong one. It's this one instead. Use this one. Funny story. While there's so much going on. Funny story. My first time in that map, I went to a rando room just with four other people Mm -hmm. and they were all getting ready to do it. I guess you have to like survive for a bit before that part even shows up. But um, I I had just popped in and it was like, oh, get the chemicals. Put it in there. Okay. I ran in, just shoved the chemical, blew the house up and it was game over. (laughs) And I was like, oh, and they're like, wow, Bone. And I'm like, I didn't know it was specific. I'm new. I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel like that's I feel like that's everyone's first experience with the level because that's exactly what I did when I first got into Payday 2. When I, was doing in that, when I was doing cook-off, first thing, blew the house down. Had to retry, blew the house down. I didn't get it until like a couple of tries later. Yeah, and if any case, um, just for the record, I had a good time with the game. So far, I feel like I've just scratched the surface. There's a mission that I really want to play that I found randomly, but no, there were no other people playing it called Prison Nightmare. 
Oh, Prison Nightmare! It's really fun and silly. Whenever I fucking it's like, see it, it's like it. this really cool like Halloween. Whenever shit. exactly, oh. whenever I see it in the the level select, mm-hmm. there's like some creepy radio static, and I I love it. I'm like, yo, whoever did the fucking audio design for this one segment of this level did a really good job. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know you were looking at. Oh, we have to play that next time. We'll get a we'll get a we'll get Pixel. Hundred percent. We'll just jump. But in before and, this becomes oh. a Payday Two podcast, I'm gonna move on. Yes. Uh, that was really the only game I played, so I'm going to move on to my to my movies um, to get through my recents. Uh, the movies mm-hmm. I saw were uh, for God. You know what? I should probably preface this really quick. So my birthday was two days ago. Uh, Happy birthday. We didn't say it on the podcast because I think we were doing a Mother's Day episode <laughs> and I completely forgot. So yeah, whoops. So yeah, it was my birthday. So I decided for my birthday, I'm going to watch, um, you know, some good movies. So I saw my favorite movie of all time, as I do every year airplane which i think to be one of the best movies ever written if not clue Ooh, clue's good too there's such synergistic fucking comedic writing i've never seen anything like it i'm sorry i gotta say like just straight out the gate i thought about it for the half second and that's all i needed airplane still blows clue out of the water for me oh it just i guess i'm sorry I guess. It's got everything I want. But Clue is so much more focused. But it's got an assembly line beating a woman. (laughs) Yeah, no, I totally get you. And that's why Airplane is my favorite movie. But I'm just saying, like, Clue is so well-focused with its jokes, and it's so slick and snarky. It's just... Absolutely. I love it. It's fantastic. It's smooth. It's really smooth, and it's clever. It's witty. I, I think Clue's a great movie, and I think it gives Airplane a run for its money. But for me, ultimately, Airplane is, would still be the best. No, for sure. You know? For sure. Clue is definitely up there. It's so much fun. But in either way, I, I sat there watching the movie, fucking quoting lines as they happened. You know, <laughs> fucking, would you like to uh, donate to the, the Church of Religious Consciousness? No, thanks. Uh, we gave it the office. <laughs> oh. I like my man how I like my coffee. <laughs> Black. <laughs> Uh, what, one of my favorite, favorite exchanges is, uh, how much longer until we land? I can't tell. It's okay. You can tell me. I'm a doctor. <laughs> and it's this kind of comedy that's just like, you, you motherfucker. People would call it dad comedy, I guess. Like dad jokes. Cause there's tons oh, of like puns. like dad jokes and shit? <laughs> Nick, they don't know what they're doing. They're on instruments. Like, oh my God. <laughs> All right, boys, let's get some pictures. And they just start yoinking picture frames off the walls. <laughs> There's too many. There's just too many so, good ones. so many good parts to that movie. For me to it's do It's just here. a really good fucking movie. If y'all haven't seen Payday, anybody that's really young out there, go. Um, Payday, I'm fucking, I'm an idiot. Fuck, if you, ha- if you haven't seen anybody Payday, watch really Airplane. Up- I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody out there hasn't seen Airplane, please go watch it. Loads of fun. Then watch Clue. Really witty. If you like sharper humor, that's definitely like the alley you should go up. Yeah, and besides airplane, I saw Terminator One, which is uh, a classic. I I was intention um I was intentioning yeah making new words here <laughs> on the Fan Freaks podcast. Um, I had my intentions to watch T one and T two back to back, but I I was like, you know what, Terminator One was fun, but I like airplane, and my birthday is almost over, so we're watching airplane. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, T uh, one's oh, a great I- movie. Go ahead. I actually haven't. I've seen I've seen Terminator One I think once, and I've seen Terminator Two <gasps> a lot with my brothers. So like I don't have a lot of like I don't remember anything from Terminator. Well, I don't know it's anything. essentially I saw it when I was young. Kyle coming back. Kyle. Oh God. Kyle Rayner. Kyle something. I totally forgot his name. Um, and I just saw it. Wow. Good job, George. Um, either way, <laughs> uh, it's about him going back and trying to save Sarah Connor from the Terminator that's trying to kill him or kill her. Plus. 
Plus, I think I found something interesting, which I'm not sure how to approach the world with it yet. So this is my first time mentioning it ever. Um, in the beginning of Terminator, there's a scene where Kyle Reese, there it is. Um, Kyle Reese fucking is running away from the police and he's completely naked because when you when you um time travel to the past you you're completely nude yeah you're nude yeah so he's running from the police and there's a song playing in the background now i was like why does this sound familiar it sounds like shit i'm sorry (laughs) t2 has a way better soundtrack t1 has some really weird sounds And the reason why what I think it sounds like is I think it sounds like the Resident Evil 1 director's cut mansion's basement. The one that everyone makes fun of. Yes. It sort of plays in the background of that chase scene. And and the thing is, I would just count this a coincidence. But now I have to sort of investigate this because Terminator is one of Resident Evil's biggest influences. Terminator? Terminator and Aliens are the biggest influences. you talked about. Yes. I didn't know about Terminator though. Holy shit. Okay. I'm going to blow your fucking mind. Especially Resident Evil 3. Nemesis is design. If you look at the fucking poster for Terminator... What do you see? A big grinning ass skeleton with a with an a glowing oh red God, eye looking she's at you. Supposed to be one of the, oh, Why do you think fuck. Nemesis has teeth? Because he likes to smile, bro. But that's look at those pearly that whites. That was the design. That was the design they were trying that's to sort really of emulate. Cool. And I think that's great. It's not a ripoff. It's it's taking something and it's doing an homage. it's yeah. It's doing something with it. He's the Terminator of that game, chasing Jill, and it's even down to the leather black that he wears, black leather that he wears. Leather black. What is this? An anime? Um, but <laughs> We're yeah, all confusing our words today. Because I remember you talked to me about how aliens like went together with it, but I yeah. never knew about about the Terminator. What was it? The T T one hundred T. There, there's oh. a whole bunch of them. To be honest. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> the T's, the T series Alpha, whatever. Fucking T-virus. those dudes. T three. Actually, Nemesis' his name is T three. His like official code or whatever. Oh, the more you know. Yeah. But uh, no, I really want to put together maybe a Fan Freaks podcast episode or maybe just a fucking YouTube, uh, uh, what's it called? Not documentary, but you know what I mean? Editorial about like shit that I've noticed that I'm not sure is actually an homage, but might be that is compromise of Terminator and Aliens and Resident Evil. Kind of out your your YouTube channel. There's a little plug right over here. Yeah, my YouTube channel. YouTube.com slash Bone King TV. Oh, yeah. The most inconsistent channel in existence. At some point. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know when the fuck that ever gets updated. But anyway, moving on. (laughs) Uh, So the last thing I saw was uh, a TV show. A TV show, duh. The last thing I saw for TV was uh, Star Trek uh, Next Generation. I'm still watching it. There's an episode, and I, I should have probably saved this for Adrian, but I'm going to tell you about it. I'm going to tell Adrian on the next episode. But um, basically, what ends up happening is there's there's a crew member named Data. I'm sure you've heard of him. Yeah, I know Data. Yeah, Data's a badass. I love Data. He's he's great. He's one of my favorite uh, iterations of a robot in, in media and in fiction. He's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, or Cyborg, or whatever you want to call him. I don't know. Um, Android is actually his name. Anyway, um, so the idea of this episode is that there is a lady on the enterprise that falls in love with data and and he's like oh "Oh, well that's very kind of you i don't know how to feel love but you know i can appreciate your affection and she's like but really we should pursue this you're everything i want and 
I'm everything that could help you and we're synergistic and I accept you for you and I and we were in sync when we work together the whole nine yards and data's like all right, well, I have no way of feeling love, so I don't love you, but I could attempt to sort of figure out what it's like to be in a relationship. Yeah. So he starts doing things and actively going out of his way to impress her and be in a relationship with her. Aww. And she keeps getting turned off by everything because he's too... Okay, guess why she's turned off. Because it's not how he normally is? No, it's because he's so robotic in his advances. Oh, wow. It's like, well, it seems like all the things that normal couples would do, you're not very good at it. So I fear that you won't care for me the way I care for you. And he's like, I'm a robot. That's, I just, that's I what told he said. you this. And, and she's like, she fucking gets herself almost killed because she was a dumb bitch and didn't listen to the robot when he said, I have no emotions, but I'm willing to work with you. And when he ended up being too much of a robot, when he was actively trying, like, what the fuck did this bitch want? That is the dumbest shit. He literally came up to her and like, listen, Big red flag right here. I don't love you. I can't love you. I'll try to figure it out. I don't feel that. So like she's no dead ass. She's a dumbass for trying. It's like oh, I know you're a robot, but being a robot, I don't ex I, exactly. I don't it was like, like these the robotic duality. approaches. Why? What? I don't know. It was just something I wanted to mention on the show because it's like what a fucking dumb bitch. <laughs> no, absolutely. What the fuck? I love. I love how cold and robotic you are. But man, it just really dries me up. It's not hot at all. <laughs> I, I, just, you I don't know. It's so fucking weird. Anyway, um, do you want to move on to my music or do you want to go through your recents? Um, yeah. Well, no, wait, hold on. What, what, what have you been listening to recently? Okay. So aside from the new man, man, um, that aside, I really got really hard into. All right. So as people may know, listening to the podcast, I'm a big fan of the near soundtracks. Um, they have this, it's a genre that I looked up. I forgot what the exact name of it, but it was like esoteric world, something like that. Esoteric world. It's really fucking, it. I don't even know if that's the real one, but someone on YouTube said it was, so I'm, I'm <laughs> believing them for now. But basically it's, it's a lot of ethereal kind of sounds, a lot of, uh, vocals that sound exotic and stuff. And I've read online that that's mainly a, a ploy made by a lot of music directors to make something sound more exotic than it actually is yeah. and it just sounds foreign to someone but yeah that's true but at the same time i genuinely enjoy it so it kind of leaves me in a weird section like yeah it's really taking advantage of the listener but at the same time i kind of like the way it sounds to the point where i'm listening to it outside of a trailer you know yeah well for, for the, whenever there's kind of that confliction it always comes back to like like uh like just like hey why is music made did you enjoy it yeah all right so fucking rock it right that's why it was made like i mean obviously yeah people are still like it's the same for game like the games industry it can be like they can be used to take advantage of the market and try to like just milk money but at the same time you can still find something that you really like in something that was made to like exploit you and then from there you can also jump off and see where people like took advantage of that and also leaned into how to use it in music for music instead of just like oh yeah give me that give me that cash you know 
for, I, I preface this because I went looking for that sound and seeing like, well, where did Nier get this sound from? Where was, what was the inspiration for Kaichi Okabe to make the Nier soundtrack? And I think I found it when someone was describing their sound. And it comes from um, mainly influences from the Ghost in the Shell soundtrack, which was my long mm-hmm. roundabout way of getting to what I was trying to, is that I was listening to the Ghost in the Shell soundtracks. Granted, it's not as bombastic as the Nier soundtracks, but it's there. And and the one yeah. that I will draw people attention to, and this is the where I'll, where I'll leave it, is a song called Stamina Rose. Um, and that's not even by the composer from Ghost in the Shell, who's uh, Kenshi Kaiwa. Um, I'm, I'm no doubt massacring these names. Um, but they took that inspiration for another song called Stamina Rose for the TV show of Ghost in the Shell. And Stamina Rose is so fucking good, Barb. <laughs> I've listened. It's, I, it, it's on repeat. It's on my repeat playlist. It's already gotten to number four. So that kind of shit. If you know it, please get me on Twitter, um, Bone King TV. Please tell me. I live for this shit. So um, that that's all the music I've been listening to. So that that's all my recents. Go ahead and hit me up with yours. Oh uh, damn! You really went in depth with that. So like I, I just kind of been exploring different like different avenues of music. Some I haven't really like gotten into like i'm not too big on like rap and hip-hop it's never been like that big but i also Mm -hmm. tried when i was young so i've been trying to get into it again seeing what i really like and someone recently dropped uh danny brown on me and they dropped ain't it funny and i fell in love with ain't it funny i love how like how dark and oppressive it is but i also really like how oh danny brown has like these weird like wild vocals like there's really like it sounds like it's comedic and funny yeah but the lyrics are really fucking serious too and that whole album is serious it's about how hard it is to like try to make an art while also being out of touch with like the current generation and you're doing everything that you can to be like uh not relatable but like i guess relative yeah and like it's in like a brand new age there's a lot of really cool shit on that album so yeah i've been i've been listening to danny brown i'm getting into that avenue of rap slash Mm hip-hop i i like it weird though so that song very great start do you count death grips as rap i count death grips as noited That's it. Like if you I went through Death my Death footage. I say noise. I say footage. I say Getting sidetracked. Ah, oh, Death Grips. Oh, sorry. So another one I've been listening to is Elliot Smith because I've been learning the cover to Christian Brothers, mm. and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and explore what else this guy has to offer. So I I, I went into uh, his discography and I heard L.A. and let me tell you, I love sad melancholic shit. This dude is it. <laughs> oh, I love LA. Oh my god, I was so sad. It was great. Oh. I'm so emo. I felt it. I love it. <laughs> I just found my black mascara and eyeliner, and I have cat <laughs> eyes right now. Although my no, pair like, of my little sister's jeans aren't gonna get away from me. <laughs> Jokes on you. They're trip pants. Oh, I start zipping them. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Elliot Smith really been getting into them, into him. History of like. Uh, how he died slash was murdered. It's wild. Oh, Investigation's wow. still open, by the way. Oh, wow. Um, another one. I sent this to you, Bone, just a couple of minutes ago. Well, actually, now it's been like half an hour, maybe an hour. Um, an album by Soundpool. It was Mirrors in Your Eyes. It's Shoegaze. That's what it was. Ah. It's a Shoegaze album by, by Mirrors in Your Eyes. It's so nice and so pretty. And they have like fuzz guitars, but they're all the way in the back. And they're just used strictly to like build ambience 
of like what the vocals are doing and what the drums are doing and like there's a bunch of like electronic like wind instruments and shit and it's, it's all coming together nice and clean and it feels like it's hugging you any games or anything or was or, or was do you have more music i'm so sorry boy do i have games yeah so i recently bought a game called remnant from the ashes i bought it i would say probably about last week i've got 50 hours in it already i have different characters in it basically it takes what's good about dark souls which is like like somewhat like challenging like levels and atmosphere and shit and then it also cares about you. <laughs> so in Dark Souls, when you die, you lose half your health and you have you lose all your money and you have to go back and retrieve your soul. But if you die <laughs> along the way, then the previous your one is souls dead. No, are money. Fuck you. Your soul is wasted. Okay? Your soul is a waste. That's what Dark Souls says. Fuck your soul. Not anymore. <laughs> Remnant comes in. Hey, did you die? Guess what? We're going to cuz it has guns. All your ammo topped off, health topped off just guns. fine. Guess what? Are you poor? Just kidding. You kept all your money. Go try it has again. guns. <laughs> and guns. That's guns. Oh my god. And bo- bo- oh. I'm, I'm gonna gush about this game, bro. So it, it really is just like Dark Souls, but it cares about your vibes. It, uh, it, I mean, it, it, all right, has... all right. First off, first off, go go go. It's not. I, I'm really tired of people equating Dark Souls. To or Dark Souls 2 to all of Dark Souls because Dark Souls 2 is the one game that doesn't give a shit about you and cares more about being hard for the sake of being hard. I know that sounds like I'm complaining like, oh, it was too hard for you, lol. But there are literal design decisions that are designed to, like, trial and error as opposed to Dark Souls 1 that actually has you, like, uh, you know, you can get through it and not feel like you were cheated out of everything like Dark Souls 2 Yeah, I have the worst experience... I do have the worst experience with Dark Souls 2. I also have some experience with Demon Souls because it's still part of the Souls. I mean, some people. Yeah, it, it, it is. It, it's a, it's like the OG I, original. Yeah, I just don't think it's fair because that's when they were fleshing it out. Right. So while I did struggle with Demon Souls, it, it babies first, you know, that, give it the pass. Dark Souls okay? 2 has the misty forest of the invisible backstabbers. Go fuck. Yes. Ah, I hate it. <laughs> It has a oh, boss yeah. fight that starts off with like two feet of land and the person's hiding behind the wall so that when you go right through the wall, it <laughs> oh, slaps you the minute you I walk in. This. I hate this. Literally oh, every I'm Dark sorry. Souls boss has been, they see you turn around and then start the fight. It's never been, LOL, I was hiding for you. Yeah. Oh my God. Sorry. Like, that so awoken like, a lot again, of things. I'm, no, not even that. I'm For people that like Dark Souls 2... We're sorry. You, you, you're allowed to I'm like the not. game. Your opinion sucks. <laughs> it's fucking trash. You're allowed to feel bad. Go ahead and cry. I'll collect the tears. Get out of my face. Yes. Point is. I need to level up my covenant. <laughs> God. But yeah, so like Remnant, literally directly influenced by by the, like the, the Dark Souls kind of genre with like mm. dodging, uh, like, like dodging in time, getting bonuses for dodging, uh, conserving your durability, which would just be ammo in this case. And there mm. is a melee option. Um it is a bit more arcadey. It's also more liberal in what you can do with it. Like in Dark Souls, if you try to farm enemies, like the game literally cuts you off after a certain point. It says, hey, you've revived this many people. They're just going to stop spawning. This game, you can literally be like, ah. all right, well, I want to stop the story mode. So we're just going to go into a separate adventure mode. We're going to load up a random world uh, from my favorite level, like from my favorite like environment. And then you're just going to go wild. You can fight the bosses as many times as you want. You can fight as many enemies as you want. And you can, if you do like it, you can literally just leave that world, re-roll it to get a different level layout, and then try again. I, I definitely see the die, benefit of that. I just want to say that in Dark mm-hmm. Souls, you can respawn them. It, they just give you small amounts of souls, so there's really no point. 
Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I know, I know. That's like, what is it? It's like a the bonfire thing. Like, you just like, sit down. Yeah, yeah, not that. I mean, like the way that it's it's like calculated. Like eventually, it's like an S curve where it's like it exponentially gets like worse and worse, and eventually there's no point. So I know what you're talking about. It's just that um, this game has like the influences of like that hardcore idea of Dark Souls and streamlines it so that it's more enjoyable to the player, not to the point where you have a power fantasy, but still enough so that you feel challenged and very much rewarded for what you're like what you're going through in the game. Right. And I really, really like that balance. So it's I haven't I haven't stopped playing it. I play it whenever I can. Fantastic game. Nice. Um I'm gonna get mad. Let's talk about Doom Eternal. Oh god, yes. Let's talk Lay it about on Doom here. Eternal. I have beef with Doom Eternal Doom Eternal. I'm playing on the I'm not even playing on the highest difficulty. I'm playing on the one above normal. Well, okay, but uh, before you even do that, where are you playing this? Or we're playing this. I'm playing this on Twitch. T- no, twitch.tv slash brawling barb. But, um, oh my God, my feelings on Doom. Basically, Doom started off really fun with, uh, like, introducing you to, like, an arena, what it's like, shooting all the enemies, and then getting to explore the map, maybe running into a puzzle a little, like, every now and again. But it really is like, all right, you killed a bunch of demons. Now go explore, find like, find like, you can find like this hidden item here. You can find like a little cheat code, which is really cool. Let you replay levels with infinite ammo and shit. Doom no 2016 or the new one? New, new, new one. Okay. The, right. Eternal, Doom Eternal. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it was really fun. I loved killing a bunch of enemies, looking at the environment, exploring and seeing like, oh, what, what cool thing can I find now? Oh, is that a challenge? I love that shit. All right, let's go. Let's go do the challenge right now. Get some extra points so I could, I could like, interestingly enough, level up my Doom guy. I want to get his... I want to get his suit some upgrades so that I can benefit later when I'm in this kind of environment and all this stuff. Doom RPG, but eventually, uh, kind of actually. Now that you mention it, it's kind of an RPG because you can like level up. Oh well, now you do better in non-eco-friendly environments like acid, or like <laughs> hey, now you can do. <laughs> yeah, the acid like- build is real strong. <laughs> like- <laughs> Yo, shotgun monkey build, come on, it's easy. Shotgun dude. monkey. But, um- <laughs> the point is like. Eventually, like as you get further into the game, the game tries to obviously like up the difficulty because you're getting used to the shooting mechanics, you're getting used to the fighting, how you should be moving in combat. But it takes away the like the environmental exploration and it just goes from arena to puzzle to arena to puzzle. And the puzzles can also start killing you now. So like you'll take damage during the puzzle, you lose ammo during the puzzle, and then you die, and you have to start back and you're missing a lot of ammo. So you have to go back Wait, and maybe it doesn't kill respawn a little bit then- your ammo that you got. No, why would it? Because you Fuck died me. and you're out of no. Check you're wrong. Fuck you. What Incorrect. are you talking about? What happened to the bullets? Did they just disappear? No, they went into the walls and Doom Kite came. But I hadn't it fired them yet. Fat... That's bullshit. No, he ha- he's got these <laughs> fat sausage fingers and they're in the walls and it just it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. It doesn't. What? But, Did, but man, this is so not what Doom was. Like what? No, nope, it was. Mm-mm. You can speak for that. Fucking I, yeah. All I know is that the fighting. Okay, the gameplay and fighting in Doom is great i love the shooting mechanics i love the movement the traversal everything that doom 20 the doom eternal brought from 2016 i loved it i love the dashing and i love the climbing the only problem i have is that now like towards the end of, end of the game it's just arena 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 puzzle you died because you can take damage it's go- yeah that's but it so that's the thing that, that i'm that really again con- again. i'm confused on is because like i played og doom doom one and two mm-hmm. and it's like there were I don't know if you call it hordes, but there were, like, rooms they had to clear out, but they never, like, refilled and you had to be in the same room. There were no arenas. 
you know what I mean? In, in OG Doom. So that that's weird yeah. in and of itself. And puzzles, I don't know if they were any... I mean, kind of they were puzzles. They were, like, secret things. But I don't know. I guess that's that's something Doom 2016 must have added and actually added really well to the formula. But I don't think hordes are, like, you know, Call of Duty-style room clearing. I don't think that's good for Doom at all. Yeah, so uh, I'm conflicted on it because on one side, the, the new movement and the new fighting mechanics in Eternal actually help. Like, they, they benefit that arena style of, like, you're stuck in the room enemies are just going to keep spawning and you just have to survive the movement really helps with that but when you don't get a breather and you just have to keep grinding that out again and again and again and maybe you're not too good at it like moi and you just keep dying and you have to do it again and again and when you pass that room you know in two rooms down you have to do it again another mob of another horde and recently i found out i was in an arena and there was an enemy that would spawn other enemies while the arena spawned enemies <laughs> and I was oh my God. going up the wall. I beat I beat that arena. I killed it, right? It's mm. done. I spent like half an hour just getting the shit cleared out. And like I I, I I never do this. It's rare. But I had to stop playing the game and I just opened up Outbreak and I just yeah. tried to relax for the rest of the night. I love Outbreak. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question, though, really quick about Doom, the new one, because one of the biggest, like, most attractive parts of 2016 that I wanted to see was the fact that, like, the main character, the Doom guy, he was so Mm -hmm. outside of the narrative that kept on trying to interact with him, and that was a running joke, and then when I see you play Doom Eternal on your stream, I'm like, there's too much, like, serious lore going on. Shouldn't Doom Guy not give a shit? Like, why is why is everything so generic now? Yeah, that's something that I caught on when I first booted the game. There's a lot of, like, story and shit going on. And then I was like, alright, well, it's kind of weird, but I guess it's just, like... In, in a sense, it's kind of forcing the Doom Guy to go with the narrative. And even though he still carries the same attitude of, yeah, I don't care, it's... Ultimately, he's like, all right, well, I'm going to go along with it. And but but that's the thing. That's you would not have to what Doom sit, Guy did at all. You've actually sat through, so like, aliens talking to you where Doom Guy doesn't give a shit. Where in the original, Doom Guy would literally break the monitor that was talking to him. And that was charming. Dude, not only that. Literally, <laughs> there's a funny point in Doom 2016 where, um, I forgot his name. I think it was, like, Hayden, uh, the robot. He's like, you need to be really careful with this energy core this dude just kicks it in and fucking destroys it and causes like a power outage and you just hear Hayden go great okay so <laughs> but see that's the just, thing that's that's good because that that was literally just like all right the players know that they don't care about the story they're here for doom doom guy is in in, in the same light is basically an extension of the player where right. they don't care about the narrative Doom guy just wants to fucking rip and tear. It's power it's fantasy. Guy. You are the fucking mm-hmm. Doom Slayer. That's the whole thing. Exactly. And in twenty in in in, in Doom Eternal, they, he still they still give him that edge of like yeah I, I don't care what's going on. But now like the narrative and the way that it, the game is written forces him to do the stuff he's supposed to do anyways. They just make him look like a badass doing it. And but then well, he I shattered mean, yeah, the hedgehog. It's cool, but like because it's not a matter of like oh I don't want to do it so I won't. It's I don't want to do it but I guess I will. And it's like fuck yeah. that. Yeah, it's that. It's exactly that. That's the same. Fe- that's the feeling I get from it, and it's just, it's not that satisfying. Seeing my little, my little doom baby, my man who liked to rip and tear, to just listen and then have to do the thing, Ugh. and like, yeah, you have to like rip and tear while you do it, but like, 
I'd like for my guy to get angry and just like ignore the narrative and do what he wants because he just wants to kill demons. That's the doom that I want to play. And that was what 2016 was. But um, do you have any other movies or TV? Because we're going to move on to news, I think, if you don't. Movies and TV? Um, no, TV. It'd be Jojo Part 5. I'm watching it again. Second time. Love Jojo. Uh, recently finished watching Dorohedro again. I like, I'm an am- I like, ugh, I'm a weeb. I Why like do you anime, never so. rewatch season one of Jojo? Why do you hate me? Oh, because I already rewatched it. Okay, Get fucked. that's fair. Because <laughs> that's my Ooh, favorite. Booyah. I like that one a lot. Where it's just Castlevania. Exactly. That, it's that would just Castlevania with the whip and the guy <laughs> in blue. Everything. It's just Castlevania. And also Fist of the North Star. Do you see that man's oh, shoulders? Oh yes, it is. I love oh it. Oh my god. Goodbye, <laughs> Jojo. I love that line. That's it's a great line. Um, so uh, are we ready for our news? Yeah. Let's okay. Go. All right. Really quick, we're gonna burn through this. Um, I had a quick little skim through the Xbox conference. I've totally forgot the real mm-hmm. name of it. I'm sorry for all you Xbox fans. Uh, but, um, it was basically like a couple of things. They kept on calling things gameplay trailers and they weren't like at all. It's not. And I know Jim Sterling said this about the Assassin's Creed Valhalla trailer, which they did that there. But I noticed in a lot of other trailers that they would announce as gameplay trailers, they showed no gameplay until... The trailer was over and they were already talking about what they had just saw and the gameplay was like shown in the background for like two seconds. That's really sad, damn. So yeah, out like of all that, that go ahead. That's that's sad, because like when when did it change from a for, for a gameplay trailer to be just like uh like a video running in engine on that console? A game trailer <sighs> should at least de- like a gameplay trailer should be gameplay of the actual game displaying all like oh here's some base mechanics that we're still working on remember we're in our beta uh right. we're still fleshing this out but still like this is the things that you can do these are our characters then well, like showing the gameplay while you're explaining that that's a gameplay trailer yeah showing but you know video we're, is we're, in engine we're business executives it. okay we're business executives i don't know what a video game is you know fuck that shit you know what i do know is that when i look at my my chart over here it says that gameplay trailer is the most searched on google so i'm gonna use that and not even <sighs> give a shit <laughs> pathetic i don't that's know so sad I don't know. It, yeah, I, I, it, that's so sad. <sighs> but um. But anyway, so, yeah. um, one thing I liked out of the Xbox conference was um, there's this game that they show called Medium. Uh, I was watching the trailer for it, and I was kind of like, well, this seems kind of atmospheric and moody, and it looks like it's third person. That's cool. It's like a third person horror game. That sounds like fun. And then I was listening to the music, and I'm like, wow, it's pretty good music, too. Wow, I'll, I'll pay attention. And then at the end, they're like, yes, Medium, which, you know, uh, as it's been going around, is going to be composed, the soundtrack is going to be composed by Akira Maoka. Woo! You didn't tell me that? What? Yeah, so I was like, uh, well, okay. But it, that doesn't mean it's going to be a Silent Hill game. It doesn't mean it's going to play like Silent Hill or even have the same thematic No, he's just anything. a composer. What was that? He's just, a compo- he's just a composer, but he's a really good composer. That's the thing. I would still follow his work because he's still a yes. really good composer. So, Oh, my God. I didn't know he was working on that. Yeah. Oh, so you should have told me. I'm excited for this one because in his previous albums were a little bit games like Shadows of the Damned or Lollipop Chainsaw. And th- those are good soundtracks. But Wait, hold on. Was- he did Lollipop? Yeah, he did Lollipop Chainsaw. 
Um, Bullshit. Yeah, but but like, and those are really good soundtracks, but they are good for the theme that they're going for. And I've always thought he was best at the melancholy rock vibe that he did in Silent Hill. So this game seems to be going for that. So this might give him an opportunity to do a Silent Hill soundtrack without Silent Hill. He can finally go back to actual horror. Oh my God, you're right. Yeah. And the thing is, is like, if you're about to say like, well, he needs the Silent Hill game to compose the music. And it's like, yeah, but then you listen to a whole bunch of interviews with like about shattered memories and origins and stuff. And it's like, uh, I already kind of had a vision and I never really needed to pay attention to the game. And it's like, all right, Akira, you just, you do your own thing, essentially. <laughs> no, the, the, the one of my favorite things about him is that he can just like, he understands an atmosphere that he has to go for. And he's like, all right, well, I've got ideas for it. So let's just make it or let's make it work. And yeah. he just, he whips it out. He's a he's a fantastic composer. Once he has uh, like a theme or an idea that's in his head, he can execute it very well, and it it'll always fit. Unless he's the sound he director, though, because if he's the sound director, then he goes an extra step and starts doing sound effects. And Foley work by Akira is amazing. I didn't know that. Yeah, the, the I don't know if you know this, but there are like over three thousand different kinds of footstep noises in Silent Hill <laughs> Two. Two? Oh my god! Yeah, that's just two. It's nuts. Um, but anyway, that's that's all I'm going to say for the Xbox conference. I really wanted to burn through that. Um, the last two things I'm just going to say really fast was the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater HD uh, 1 and 2 re-release coming oh out. Oh my god, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that'll be fun. I mean, I did grow up with that's it. Really I cool. grew up with the first one for N64, so I'll be, I'll be getting it. Why not? Are you going to get the special edition where you get the skateboard with it as well? Yeah, because I'm so good at skating. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're going to do an alley, bro? Real talk, though, I'm actually way better at mm-hmm. skating than than skating. I should probably rephrase. Excuse I'm way better, <laughs> like like uh, roller skates. There you go. Yeah. Second takes the best one. There you go. I'm, I do the roller skate good. <laughs> I swear. Um, but yeah, because I all I jet set Radio Future it up. Anyway, um, mm-hmm. so the other thing I have on the list is the new Sony intro. So apparently, Sony wants to be like a movie studio. And before mm-hmm. every like uh, uh, Sony produced like game for the PS5, there's gonna be like a new splash art thing in the beginning. Um, okay. Yeah, and what it is is you know how in the Marvel one where it like flips through the comics and it's a ton of Marvel characters and then it zooms out and it's the Marvel logo. Yeah, and then like Marvel starts bleeding in. It's just it's mm-hmm. that, but with Sony. Okay, so like what? It's gonna be like like the greatest hits, just like zooming by and then yeah, Sony it's like it, it shows out. Uncharted, God of War, fucking Ratchet and Clank. Who hasn't had a game in Ratchet forever? Ratchet and but Clank. Okay. They had a, <laughs> they had the one remake, and then that was it. Like all right, they had a movie that flopped, I think. But all right, let's throw them in there, no problem. What? Oh my god. Um, but yeah, no. So that'll show up before every game, and it's like Sony Studios or, or PlayStation Studios. That's what it says. Wow, I had no idea. That's interesting. Yeah, they want um, it to be a movie I mean, like, experience. I mean, that makes sense with, like, the direction they went with games with, like, Uncharted and, and, like, God of War and, like, the upcoming Last of Us 2. So, uh, it makes sense. That's that's clearly where they want to be. So, um, sure. I guess sure. I'll, I'll wait and see how it is. So Yeah. Uh, that's all my news. Do you have any news? or Very light news. Uh, I saw that the new Unreal Engine 5 is coming out. And they were able to display it on the Xbox Series X. Can't wait for more generations of that to come out. Point being... Oh my god. Yeah. Grandma, sorry. I'm being, so happy that I have the new Xbox. What's it called? Which one? Series X. 
<laughs> like there's gonna be series X five. Doesn't that X-S-X-S. just imp- it implies it's one of many? You know, like game consoles used to have such a finality. The GameCube, the GameCube, the PS two, the Wii. No, it's oh yeah, Xbox Series X. It's one of many. It's it's you nah, know. Yeah, we should have seen this coming. You know why? Why? Because games themselves have become games for service slowly uh, over time. We should have expected the consoles to try to keep up as Microsoft, well. yeah. Yes. So it's. I feel like it's kind of on us to be blindsided by this because we've seen it in games for so long. I guess I, I personally never expected a console to do it because I thought the console was the medium for which the game was going to Ex- like do that do that if there was one for thing for you to give like the most amount of like uh respect to in terms of like i don't know I, I feel like it cheapens it you know no i i'm so conflicted on this because on one hand you can keep your console always up to date but on the other side it's hardware updates which means you will need to a open your console and install the upgrade yourself or b buy a new console with higher specs. That's what that they said is, about is the PS4, though. They said that that was going to be the last Sony console. And no, they're making a 5 just the same. It's, it's, it's never so going to be. It's never, never going to be the last console. Until they find a way to finally accept that PC is the way they want to go, this is just what's going to happen. That That's it. Because they're basically just getting closer to building a computer right now. Yeah, pretty much. They're all just pretty much Honestly. like smaller computers. Exactly. And it's like, oh, well, we have, like, I bet I bet you anything in the future it's going to be like, oh, well, now you can install um, this kind of processor uh, pre-installed on the motherboard for your brand new uh, Xbox Series Y. And be like, oh, well, I've been doing that on my computer for years. So, like, wh- what's the difference? Why don't I just buy a computer Are now? you ready for a you prediction? Know? Go. Either Microsoft or Sony is buying Steam. <sighs> they can't. They, they wouldn't absolutely no. can think about what kind of what games has steam or valve been putting out the only one recently was the half-life alex one which cool. is beautiful but i haven't played it but that's that's it. a that's strong non-existence isn't it how about all <laughs> the work they do for cleaning up the store or, or any of the dlc oh you mean you mean no work at all okay so that's just begging for a bigger company to come in and eat that shit right up so I just wonder how Gabe, like, like if Gabe is going to, like, fall for that or he's going to be strict about how he feels about keeping the medium separate. So I, I have one comparison have no to idea. give you. Shoot. George Lucas. Ah, oh, but he's a, he's a sellout. He though. didn't want, he didn't, he <laughs> kept on holding off. There's nothing past Star Wars, the prequels, or past episode four, five, six. There's nothing there. There's nothing. There's no episode seven. I, I'm not letting it go. Gabe does the same thing. There's no Half-Life 3. There's no Left 4 Dead 3. It's not happening. And what do they do? What, what did George Lucas do? He sold it. He sold it to the highest bidder, despite all the people that tried to fucking say that he'd never complete anything. And that's what Gabe's going to do, because everyone's spiteful as fuck. I'm sorry to tell you. Damn. I don't know. I, I, I still think Gabe's going to hold out, because I know he's a stubborn prick, too. He's a, like he's a cool guy, but he can like he also puts his foot down. So I, I don't know. So. That'd be great. I, I that. would I would love I would, that if he didn't do that. That'd be great. Yeah, because that competition. What what is it? What is it? it um, Barb. But to, I can like, sit to, here to, and be like, here's stuff. two billion dollars. What about it? Two billion dollars. Is it blood money? <laughs> 
Yes. Do I have to do a cleanup job? No. (laughs) It's still, there's a little blood in it, but it still works at the store. I'll just put it in the wash. It's fine. That was my subtle reference to a water fountain song. (sighs) This this makes me sad. Let me tell you something real quick. Uh You want to know another prediction that 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 I feel in my loins, dude? Oh, you I can feel see. That, okay, go, go for it. I feel that the consoles that are becoming PCs are going to start having their own OS systems that you can start putting into your computer, like like a partition. Ah, that's not a bad idea, actually. That's interesting. Because well, if they're going to become more like PC, they could just like pay to be in the PC market, get residuals for someone having their OS, to be able to run their games efficiently on their build. I think that's that's the thing, is that you need to have the build to play it. That doesn't have the reverse functionality mm-hmm. of the, the console being able to play. Because like, with, with your example, it'd be like you're saying that you take an OS system from the console onto your PC, and it's like you got to make sure that your PC can run what the PlayStation 4 could, as opposed to like Sony buying Steam, where like all the games would be the same, all the things for your system. It's not even cross-promotionally anything. It's just they'll make more money because they can organize it better or something. <laughs> Fact. Fuck. So uh, we'll be back in like just a couple seconds to talk about the new Man Man album, Dream Hunting in the Valley of the In-Between. Still a mouthful. Hello, everyone. This is the masterful dude of doodliness, the face that runs the place, the host with the most, Adrian Mikewes, and you're listening to the Fan Freaks podcast hosted by the Fan Freaks Facebook group, the home to all freaks and all fandoms alike. Join us at F-A-N-F-R-E-E-K-S Fan Freaks Facebook group. Be there or be square. Prepare yourself. For the Man Man review, because we're going to be doing a reaction (laughs) review of Dream Hunting in the Valley of the In-Between by Man Man. Now, Barb and I have been sort of preparing for this for like, when did this album come out? Like two weeks ago? Uh, Yeah, it's been two weeks now. We wanted to, I wanted to do this like the day of release, but then I realized like, how the fuck am I going to accurately tell you how I feel about it if I don't sit with it for a while? Yeah, it's... It's something that you have to sit down and process. You can't just listen to it once and be like, oh, well, yeah, I know everything about the album. Nah, nah, it takes time, baby. Yeah, yeah, especially if you respect the band. You want to give them more than one shake. So we had yeah, to listen to it. you want to be fair with them. Exactly, and we wanted to listen to it, so we're back. We've officially manned our man, and we're ready to give our thoughts uh, by a track-by-track basis because we're that <laughs> fucking anal about everything. Um, really right. quick so though. If you can, can. Oh, be- go ahead. Before I, I get into the actual uh, album itself, I want to mention something about Man Man. Man Man, I just want to preface this entire thing by saying I've never heard a band like Man Man. Is that something you could say as well or no? <sighs> you ruined it. You could have said, I've never heard a band band like Man Man. Fuck. Ah! Well, you know, that, <laughs> then you said it. You're the smart one. Fuck. I have the big brain. But no, Man Man's just like really like they start out like some really weird, kooky, indie, wild fucking oh my god. They're just this really wild, chaotic, manic band. That's how they started out. Really weird right. ideas with it instead of having like a guitar front and center of the of the music, it's a piano with a bunch of with a bunch of horns and like odd percussion, strange, harsh vocals. And it was it was crazy. It's insane. Man, man, just kind of started off doing their own weird, wild thing, especially really in the beginning. Like, 
Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. It it never really fit the genre. Of like, oh well, yeah. This is just straight like looking at look like this is so like rock. It's so hard and shit. It was never like oh, it's so poppy and like nice <clears throat> and melodic. They have melodies in their weird shit. They have like really hard elements in their. <laughs> they really have tracks weird where you're not element. sure if it's a a transition or an actual track. <laughs> exactly. Sometimes you don't know if you're listening to music. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to say there is harsh vocals. But he does it in such a fun way. Is that is that a way exactly. to say that? Yeah. So like like the the way that he sings, it feels very like it's very loose and yes. like yes. I don't know. Like it, I guess loose is the word because the man himself kind of has like this like like a smoker's voice, which like it's really gruff and stuff, and like he uses that to his advantage, and he also like hits really high wild notes. But, but it's not like a Tom Waits grizzly where it's like it's just grizzly you know and it's that's the vibe and that the theme that they're going for he's got yeah. a very kind of thing like he's very jazzy it's it's really fun i don't know yeah and i just love that he that he goes for that kind of style with like a shottish voice like the voice is just like scratchy you know it's 100%. good I, like, I really do like that yes yeah, so i don't know man man just kind of like is its own like really cool and like unique thing i loved it a hundred percent and in fact i do this with a lot of bands i don't know if i ever told you this but i've told my boyfriend this a few times i attribute hmm. certain bands to to elements because i'm a giant loser uh ocd who likes to organize things massive weeb yeah but man man is the most like water band i could ever think of and in the sense by that is like they use so many xylophones and and there's a lot of underwater nautical elements especially in life fantastic you know, like, th there's just a lot of references to the ocean. So I always get this weird water vibe, you know? I never knew that. No, you never told me about that. That's super yeah, interesting. Yeah, and especially with the xylophone. It's so fucking nautical. I've never heard a band that uses so much xylophone. There's always a beach song. There's always a beach song. That, that's where I, I kind of come from, I think, with Man Man. That, that's the vibe. But anyway, let's get finally in there. I'm sorry for this long, long preface. <laughs> okay. So, uh, I've, I've got number words one. to say. Number one. Dreamers. Free <laughs> intro. Sets the mood well enough. Number two. <laughs> Wait, well, I want to say, though, for, for Man Man in particular, like, the one thing you're going to hear me say throughout a couple of these is please let Onus Onus direct, uh, not direct, uh, compose a soundtrack for a film because he needs to. He really fucking needs to. Yeah, we talked about this. That's right. We were saying that, like, he should direct, like, maybe, like, some, like, wild indie film because he, that is his element. He would work wonders on that film. I think he'd make a great Tarantino composer, to be honest. Yes, he would. He fits the bill. It fits the bill. But no, like, it's it's a good strong intro that leads into uh, Cloud Nine, N-E-I-N, which yes. I think is a strong song to start your album with. It is a great song to kick right into. That's the best way to say it because the song literally kicks off really chaotically and manically and there's so much energy in it. And then it just, it starts getting to the point of the actual song. And I love it. Just the energy that you get from the intro, then slap right into the fucking second song. No, absolutely. It's, it's, and there's no wonder mm -hmm. that they picked that as the single. 
Because mm-hmm. that's the thing. Yes. They would pick that to represent the whole album, and that's really the only song that got any attention, though. And I think that's the reason why I kind of don't listen to it that much on my end. I know it's a good song. Mm-hmm, it's a great song. But that was the one they pushed a lot. And it's it's a, I hate it when they do this because I like it when new albums give me a couple, you know, preview tracks, if not nothing. You know what I mean? So that way yeah. I can sort of space it out. No, I, I totally get that. And I, I feel the same way. I don't listen to Cloud9 very often. I like as as enthusiastic as I am about like, oh, it's the like it's the best way to introduce this album. That doesn't mean like for me personally, it's the way that I want, like the music that I want to always come back to and listen again and again. I just think that for starting off this album from Dreamers and then kicking it right in is very like, it encompasses like what Man Man is right now and how they want to build their music and where they want to lead it to and stuff. So like just I, I starting think, off is I think great. I'm going to disagree with you because it's funny. Uh, the next song, because um, it's funny because I actually man. think Cloud Nine would be a really good ending because you go from dreamers and on the mend which is the next track i feel like is the most um actually the apropos intro i feel like that gets you into the vibe for the next couple of tracks like those all have the same kind of uh tone whereas cloud nine feels like a single it feels like a popular track where dreamers could lead into more of a sadder vibe and then we build up out of it as we get throughout the album you know what i mean Mm -hmm. that's something i'm going to agree and disagree with you because i think that on the mend by i'm biased i love like that melancholic tone but i love the energy that man man has and i think on the mend is the perfect encapsulation of that Mm. but Coming from On Oni Pond, for the people that came from that album, which was uh, a very popular album, it has a lot of very good songs. It just wasn't for me. I included. coming into this, this like Cloud Nine would be the perfect, like the perfect mood to set because uh, On Oni Pond was a lot more like pop with ex- with experimental like uh, experimental like hints. Uh, Dream hunting, which is what I'm going to call it. It's too much of a mouthful. <laughs> Dream hunting still has a lot more of the classic man man kind of refined into like a still wild but uh like still poppy album so it maintains that balance of hey we're finding that we're, we're able to like still be wild and crazy we can still have our like weird sound and i can sing my weird vocals but at the same time it's still accessible to the people that either want to like really sit down and listen to it or have it on in the background that's th- like just, that's what i'm saying with it's Cloud weird Nine. to me because it's like i listen to on the mend and that feels like something off of rabbit hearts one of the earlier ones than cloud nine cloud nine oh sounds God. like it belongs on either life fantastic or on oni pond at least to me because it sounds more like a fully a full pop song that i could play on the radio on the mend has like a fucking atmospheric <laughs> It gives you into that, like, uh, and the xylophone, it feels like an old shanty or something like that, an old shanty vibe. And that feels yeah. like old man-man to me in a weird way, right? Mm-hmm. No, I feel that. But also keep in mind, we're used to we're used to that side of man-man. So that's why we think that's the best intro. For people that have no idea, like, people don't usually go back and listen to a discography. They find an album that what they like or a couple of songs, they stick with it, right? Sure. For people coming off of On Oni, coming into Dream Hunting, the sounds that are in Cloud Nine, especially that intro, which really, which is like really chaotic and manic, mm-hmm. that's going to be left field for them. That's and the best then part. Yeah, they get int- 
Mm-hmm. And then they get introduced to On the Mend. Yeah, because like On the Mend actually reminds me of like <clears throat> Life Fantastic with the same kind of like it's sluggish, a... not sluggish, but there is obviously like a, a slower pace that's almost like a waltz. You know, it, it's got this kind of very deliberate pacing to it and they've always had this mm-hmm. kind of like you know I, I keep wanting to say underwater sound with the fucking xylophones because it always has that <laughs> same goddamn pacing and that reminds me of like life fantastic in that sense where it has that kind of like lower um more moody atmosphere you know yeah but we have but, to hit um, the next one we have to because yes. it is should, are we talking about our top four yet or no no uh, way lonely boys as we pass it are we allowed yeah. to do that or no we can do it. Yeah, let's go. It is. I, I have a really, really big neck and neck with this song and another one. So Lonely Boys is fucking up there. He has such a, a reckless abandon in his voice that's like, it's such a declarative. He, I can only imagine like soaring on a fucking piano is, is this, this image I get. It's so like heartfelt, if that makes sense. Okay, you're going to have to just say your piece because I've got a very different opinion on Lonely, oh, Lonely Boys. Boys. Oh, no, that's so sad. Oh, yes. Because I love Lonely Boys. Lonely Boys is, is so, uh, it, it has a, me- uh, a very sad melody, but it is picked up by its energy. And it's not like yeah. Future Peg, which we're going to bring up later, where it sounds really generic. And yes, it does have a little bit of generic poppiness of on Onipod. I think I know where you're going to go with that. But, mm-hmm. but... His delivery on 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 the man on Lonely Boys is better than anything I think on on Oni Pond, in my opinion. That's okay. That's fair. I, but again, I can't really judge because I only listen to like a handful of songs on, from. And that's Oni, not fair because Deep Cover has really good delivery too. Here's my take on Lonely Boys. Please, it's the, <laughs> you're gonna love this. Lonely Boys is my lowest rated on the oh, entire album. Sad. Yeah, like I gave everything a rating because my my music player allows me to like give everything like a star or star and a half and shit i rated it a 2.5 <laughs> it is the lowest it felt uh, really, i have a like, question then for you in shoot, terms of shoot. why i'm so sorry to interrupt like when I, did you listen to it past the minute mark in that stupid dramatic theater section lonely boys yes i heard the whole thing like four times oh okay all right go for it mm-hmm yeah, so for me, the beginning was really like boring and repetitive. Um, I can't really speak for the vocal aspect. Uh, I didn't really, I, I don't really like give too much into vocals. I try, it, I can't, I, it's, it's hard for me to like really, really get into the vocals. But the music, the music for me was very like just, it just repeated. If you heard the beginning minute, you, I, like, if you heard, no, if you heard the beginning few seconds, uh, you knew where that one minute was gonna go. Uh, I know. I then guess. there's a break in, then there's a break in the song. Where Honus Honus talks with the other guy, I think it kills the flow. It does. So I'll agree. Mm-hmm. Th- yes. So like 100%. that. Ho- like there's. This, you're right. There's like this. Like it's like a sad melody, but it's high energy. But and it's but kind that's of peppy, the weird the man man that you were that you were asking for. They they but did shit like that. But the way that they not nah, the way that they did it was so repetitive and boring. Well, repe- it was Boys. one line. What repetitive? I see that. I can't. I don't know if I can. No, because you can't agree. just throw the manic crazy in there and be like, oh yeah, we did it. It's done. No, there's there there's 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 organization in the chaos. They didn't kill it with this one. They didn't nail it. So I'm sorry. All right. So there I don't only have negatives with the song. I don't. 
I swear I don't. Like well, because it. after so, that yeah, point, it, the, it becomes the best ever. I don't know how you can exactly, <laughs> exactly. The drums segment after that, after that little talk, the back and forth, the drums were amazing. The guitar solo that plays after, fucking beautiful. Yes. I loved it. It's so good. It's so good. And then it gets back to the God, it's give me so more. good. That's and that. When that I think I really of this song, with. I think of that section. So maybe when I'm that is talking a, about it, I think of that area. Mm-hmm. That no, that's a great no. I completely agree. That's a fucking wonderful part. The percussion going into the guitar solo. Oof. Oh, the fucking the, so there good. is a sadness coming in mm-hmm. the pages of your that that entire section is. That's when I'm talking about him soaring and all that shit. It's that, not the not the that beginning section. No, no. I agree with that, but. But the, the but that's my biggest gripe. A lot of the song is that beginning section, and then the talking, and then once they get to that really good juicy part with just percussion and guitar, it's it's over too soon, and then it goes back to the beginning. That's where this album has a lot of problems for me. Is that yeah, that seems to be a thing where there are like half songs put together, mm-hmm. where you feel like you're listening to one song halfway through, and then it becomes another song, and you're like. Well, that's great, but I really liked that other half. And if I could have a longer version of that, that would have been. Oh better. yeah, I'd be sold immediately. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, so, so speaking of generic, uh, fucking repetitive, future peg. Future peg. Don't beat around the bush again. Your heart is bursting. Don't beat around the bush again. Your heart is bursting for someone to let you know. We agree on that one. I, yeah. <laughs> Future, as I've been telling everyone, Future Peg is the most man-man song to have ever man-manned. I wouldn't even say it's like the most man-man. It's just like the most like uninteresting, boring. Just it's it. De- like, it definitely sounds it. like it's on Ononi Pond for sure. Yeah, like it, it's something that I would play to have in the background when I'm chatting with my friends. Yeah, it's something that I I wouldn't like sit down and be like, "Hey, you want to have a jam session? Listen to this, boo." Boop, but, but no, no, boop, but here's boop, my, 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 con, not contradiction, but this is where I'll disagree is that I still mm-hmm. think it's a good song. It's just not mm-hmm. anything new. That's a, that's yeah, its own. It is issue. a good song. No, you're, you're right. I agree with that. It is a good song. I don't hate it. It's a good that's song. It. That's it though. That's it. It's just good. It's, it, it's good. like when Deer Hunter did act, uh, five and six, if not four and five, I may be mixing those up. Uh, but like there are some songs that sound very similar and it's like, okay, it's not a bad song. In fact, I like it. It's just, it's not mm-hmm. a new song where the whole point of a new album, I guess, was to hear something new. But then again, I'm going to complain that I want the old thing and the new thing. It's a very delicate balance. And and Future Peg, I think, is where it just overstepped. It just was like a little Fe- bit too much like, Hell, okay, it's too much. I don't, like even, I don't even think it overstepped. I think it just didn't like step enough. Right. Like if I if I if, if I was like, all right, give me a week and I'll write a man man song. That's probably what I would figure out to write. It's be like, oh, well, here you go. Yeah. I'd probably use it as an example for people to be like, if you like this, I guess you'll like all of it. Because everything by this point is uphill. Or not uphill. It is better, I guess. It is better. Yeah. Everything really (laughs) does. Future songs from Future Peg are really good. Oh, God. Yeah, pretty much. (sighs) But yeah, Future Peg, it's just solid. It's solid. It has a cute marimba, but that's it. It's just a nice, solid song. So speaking of uh, really solid instruments, uh, Goat, uh, track number six. Yeah, 
literally my number one song in the whole album. It's oh, dude, it's one of my top four for sure. It's holy crap, holy crap, shit. All right, so one of the biggest things about Goat though is is the vocal delivery. I mean, mm-hmm. I know I've been saying that with a lot of the songs here, and, and you said that you don't really focus singer, on that. So. so for me, yeah, for me to do it, I guess I, I'll, I'll say it here. Like, he in this album in particular, he's really dipping into the rasp. And I don't know if that's going to hurt <sighs> his voice or not, but he's doing a lot of vocal things that I've never heard him do before. And and I don't know if he's the one or someone in the band is playing these, these new instruments that are just showing up. I don't know, but they're really fucking good. It kind of evolves into something way more um, instrument focused. It has like an instrument. It's not a solo anymore. That's what I thought it was. But no, it, it goes to like this really interesting movement segment with the horns. And it starts off with like a very solid, uh, sorrowful melody with like a trumpet. And then they layer it with a harmony from another horn instrument. And then they just build it up with another fucking symphony of strings. And then it becomes another fucking trumpet. It, it just expands. And if you know me and you do know me, Barb, fucking like oh if you want me to like your album, all you have to do is make a sad melody and make heavy drums because for some reason my sad ass fucking takes that as like yeah it's sad but i'm like overcoming it with the drums and then you've you've already you've already sold the album to me okay it's done it's easy that's that, that's it any music musicians out there easy sell right there. that's it Bam. that's all i need fucking akira <laughs> Mooka already got me to be like a soul servant just for that's doing the theme it. of laura okay it's just like this really beautiful angelic melody then just put some fucking hard hip-hop drums right on top of that shit but it has to be sad sad melody i have to be like oh that's sad but i'm fucking dancing so i don't i don't know man <laughs> like it, it's, so it's sad, just great but fuck you it's great <laughs> exactly exactly so mm-hmm. goat does that for sure so please reiterate everything i just said because i know you're going to gush on it too ditto <laughs> i can't wow. do that all right we gotta <laughs> talk about goat we gotta talk about goat first off how would i describe the song easy mode it's a mar- it's a marching song bizarre edition you yes just, you're in a bazaar and there's a bunch of like really crazy <laughs> in- instruments bizarre, and it's just like, bizarre. yes oh my god i'm an idiot but yeah it's just really wild just like he was saying just like just like bone was saying before oh my god all right so there's a lot of like middle eastern like uh scales going on it sounds like that's why i said it's bizarre it has that feel it has that groove but yes. the bass is also doing like a polka walk where it's like doom, yes and all this is going on with a really beautiful a beautiful underlying saxophone and there is a lot less singing in this song it's actually just like literally the song is like instrumental vocals instrumental vocals and it i think even with just those two parts with the huge gap in between the vocals it does wonders because what when honus isn't singing the music sings for him yes and that's really displayed during the second half of the song where the sax takes a backseat and lets a powerful trumpet cut through with a bunch of other string and wind instruments to carry you through and it went from this weird like marching band bizarre edition to some powerful energetic kicking bizarre edition because we're still in the bazaar <laughs> do, do you notice how we both kind of as we were talking about it almost mimicked it how the song we started out slow talking and then we kind of bombastically started because that's what the song does and even it's in our description of it we did that because it's 
just it does it so effectively you see you don't understand it's a feeling <laughs> in your heart bro when you feel it you gotta let it out when you hear goat you'll understand y'all Goat's i don't care there. if you don't even if, if you don't even care about what we're saying take this one thing go listen to goat and then realize we're right and you're wrong and then go listen to the album so so we actually go from um <clears throat> your highest rated to <laughs> I know Lonely Boys, I said, was my high rate, uh, highest rated, but obviously there was one that I said was competing with it, and that would be yeah. Inner Iggy. The Beach Song. So... Inner, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with me. I always talk about like, oh, I love sexy, you know, sultry sounds. I love some grime. I love some some sleaze. You know, that's that's half of the reason why and, I love Queens of the Stone Age. You know, like and it's, nothing it's, sexier than the beach. <laughs> but no, but see, the, that's the thing about Inner Iggy. It kind of mimics how I felt about uh, Migrant by the Deer Hunter, where I was like, you know, I really like Girl because it has that sultry, sexy vibe that I like. But then yeah. fucking um, Like Crazy shows up with its stupid happy sound that I just can't stop having a <laughs> dumb smile with. And that's how I feel about Inner Iggy. Like, I listen to it and I'm just like, motherfucker, this motherfucker knows how to make me smile every time. And it's not even like, I don't know, it does, it sounds, I'm not gonna lie, it sounds a little generic to some other man-man songs. But it, mm -hmm. it has such a, a peppy, upbeat, you know, vibe to it that I could never put it down. It's such a nice song. And then they completely, like, I don't know, it's not they don't ruin it. It's still, like, a solid song for the most part. But the ending kind of slows down into, like, this very repetitive thing that I'm not a big fan of. But regardless of that... I love Inner Iggy. Yeah, that song is, is just a very fun time. I don't know. Oh, help me out here. Maybe I'll come up with more shit as you do it. All right. So nothing bad about Inner Iggy. I like the song. I think Inner Iggy is like the perfect earworm. If you ever wanted something to be happy about that is stuck in your head, you just fucking listen to Inner Iggy once and it's going to be in there for the rest of the day. You're smooth sailing from there. Right, but I mean, just that that kind of refreshing glide over the ocean that I feel Inner Iggy is towards the be the beginning, especially. Yeah. Also, I I I forgot what you were talking about with the ending, so I checked really quickly to see what you're talking about. Yeah, it's it's not it, bad. It just, like, it's really just repetitive. Down. It's it's, it's, it's low. I just I, I think it like it kind of slows down because there's this like this really fun like and then it's too much of a change to me yeah and it's just like it gets really like really boring to like a really fun song but if you want a really good earworm to just have in the background and be in a really good fucking mood inner should be your go-to that is such a fun song i love that song but uh moving on hunters i'm afraid i don't have much to say about it is a nice ballad um That's really all I could say. Oh, you, you want to hear what I had to say? What's up? Hunters, the intro sounds like a Bo Burnham song. What? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, you're so right. <laughs> oh my God. Hey there, little. You. We had a little kid, a baby boy. Yes. Here he comes with it. Oh my God. See? Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> you, you just ruined that song for me now. <laughs> oh no. 
but yeah so hunters that was the note that i wanted to make when we were when, we were, when you and i were talking i was like oh that's what it sounds like and then I, I wrote it down but yeah shit i actually actually really like uh hunters a lot yeah it's that's a nice not course. one of my top yeah it's like definitely not one of my top but it is a really good song i like it more than inner iggy um it's got a really nice little melody but the solo the solo leading into the end of the song is my favorite that's honestly what just like puts it up ahead of inner iggy for me because yeah. that guitar sounds really like there are notes that they're playing that don't fit with what's like what the music is doing right it sounds really off and shit which works only because the lyrics are also really sad and they're yeah, kind of like th- if i may because that's it? the thing yeah. um his vocals mm-hmm. for that song it's weird this album in particular he used to be just like rasping a majority of things but then he started with i think past on oni pond moving forward he started going into a really jazzy vibrato and that shows up in hunters like I, I don't know the most effective I think I've, I've heard him do it these are the most heartfelt deliveries I've heard on an album of his so I definitely hear that in Hunters for sure too so the, 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 you actually just nailed it with the vocal thing honestly and it the, what I was saying before the solo it just at the very end that's like it like what he was doing with his vocals is expressed also in the guitar with how like how off it can be sometimes and how strange maybe the vibrato is or how everything is just going together some things just don't lock in with the guitar and that makes the song a lot more melancholic yeah because of what's like being discussed and that's something that really like really drew me to that and like because it's a melancholic song and i love sad shit the way that he says if i could change it all i would and then just cuts well no it doesn't even it doesn't even it says if i could change it all cut (sighs) wet that makes me wet. It's very, it's, wet, it's very well it's so done. So good. Uh, uh, speaking of well composed, we gotta talk about the transition track, Oyster Point. Oyster Point. Uh, I have feelings. It's I have feelings. you do. Yeah. It's twenty nine seconds feelings. long. I know. I have small feelings. Literally Is it the, small, the smallest, smallest feelings, feelings I could find? <laughs> I found one fuck to give, and I gave it. Would you okay. like to hear the feeling? It's not bad. I like the drums, but go for it. Yeah, th- that that's it's like the, the, the basically the intermission is thirty seconds long, and it's I like the first fifteen seconds. I hate the last fifteen seconds. That's it. the 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 first fifteen seconds is a really cool instrumental of like just like a <laughs> lot of like manic feelings. Seconds. Something. Like, I know it's weird to say. We're talking about thirty, 30 seconds, seconds. I know. <laughs> but yeah, the first half is great. <laughs> It's, it's wild it's cool it's a great transition from hunters which is like i feel like what he was trying to express in hunters blew up in oyster point but i don't like the way it just subsided for the last 15. it's weird because oyster point is such a, a whiplash of an ending and a star and it just feels weird yeah. going from such a slow track like hunters no that's true that's really true it, if anything i feel like it should have been like its own like full thing. Maybe take away one of the songs, like a piano piece that's coming up later. Yeah, well, and, you know, like, you know what would have fit really <laughs> well after Hunters, hmm. which, which I love, or which. Beaches, or one sorry. of the one of those two that got cut for whatever goddamn reason. I, 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 I uh, so they they on Bandcamp they actually sold the the little EP Beached, which has mm. the Beach and the Witch song. I bought it because I loved it so much. It's so good. I bought it. It's so good. Why wasn't it on this album? Why wasn't it on this album? But oh, uh, alas, right. yeah, yeah. we must move on. Um, I mm-hmm. I have such a fucking bone to pick with this song. 
the prettiest oh, song no. in the world. Yeah? Yeah, I... Uh, the first minute of it has got... It, it would literally beat Inner Iggy for my favorite. If it wasn't mm -hmm. for the fact, for the rest of the goddamn minute 31 seconds that I got to fucking listen to it, it's just electronic light orchestra. Dude, it is just <laughs> the intro of fucking Mr. Blue Sky. It is, it is just lifted. Sun is shining in the sky. Like, are you fucking serious? God damn it. Yes. Oh, God damn it. You're right. It, it is straight. And the worst part is, like, I love that first minute. It is so fucking good. The, the pacing of it, the delivery, the, in a hotel room in Kansas City, I had an epiphany. It's, it's, he, he's a fucking lounge singer with a, with a, a smoking problem. I love him. <laughs> I, I, I love this song because my approach to the whole thing and the way that the lyrics build up and strangely enough, only for this song, for some reason, I felt that the lyrics had more of a presence than in any other song on the album. I feel like they were like, that was like the instrument you had to focus <laughs> but on. But are you talking about right? the first half or the second half? Because they sound like completely different songs. The whole thing. Hear me out. Hear me okay. out. Okay. So when I'm hearing, when I was hearing this song and it was going through a bunch of thematical changes because God, does it have a lot of changes? Yes. <laughs> it, it really does, but because I was because it felt like I was supposed to be listening in on the vocals and what it was trying to say, it felt like a musical. So all of the changes made sense because they were trying to say something, but they only had two minutes and thirty-one seconds. So they're just fitting a lot, and it felt really hectic and crazy. And I totally get that, but uh... because of the presence of the vocals, it felt like it was like some weird musical Man Man edition. But but and... you didn't get the musical vibe from Lonely Boys when they literally do an off like an offhand thing where he sings to a chorus. Who cares? I do. Ah. Yeah, but you know what? Prettiest song in the world. I, I, it's hard for me to say it sounds theatrical because the ending bit is is the prog part that I hate about prog songs. I like prog, but I hate it when prog does this where it just goes and then goes back into the song and then. If we're talking about the ending specifically, I agree with you because I was so indifferent to the that's repetitive to me yeah that was i did not like that that was not a good ending but like all those changes for me felt like a musical because it was just like the, like the vocals just the way they were mixed i guess were the forefront they were what you needed to zero in on so i liked all the changes and stuff of course we just said it without the ending because that's just kind of Bad slash annoying. But that first part just needed to be a little bit longer. It's so good. It, it really did. It's so catchy and that, so That little fun. fucking cantina fucking piano. I know. The, it's <laughs> oh, so dinky and it's so fucking good with this sultry ass voice. I'm in love with it. Why the fuck did they stop it after a minute? It's not fair. <laughs> I, I think that the only beef I have with this song is that it's too short. I feel like this should have been one of the like the three minute 30 or the four minute songs because that way they'd have the time to flesh out all those parts. Alrighty. Um, next track, um, Animal Attraction. You bind me to all the little things. I will put this on songs that I've skipped a lot. Really? 
it's not a bad song. It's just that mm-hmm. as I've been listening to the track, I've been or the album, I've been like liking the faster paced one, ones. It's yeah. a sweet delivery, and it's not bad. I like it. None of these songs are really bad in in what they are. It's just this was one of the ones I could definitely ignore, in my opinion. That's fair. I I just thought it was a it was a I just thought it was a nice song. It's a good way to slow the pace. But like, if I want something like that, there are other songs that we've already heard that I would actually want to go back to. Those are the songs that would stand out. Like I, I said would before, put, if I, I wanted... would put Animal Attraction towards the end, next to the other slow tracks, because it feels weird that Sheila is right after, and that's such a an upbeat kind of sexy, sultry track. The one that I was mentioning earlier, you know, like hmm. it's it's just a weird transition to go from such a weird, real down to earth, like somber piano ballad to like the song about fucking, you know. <laughs> I actually don't even have that much to say with Sheila. I I, I like oh, Sheila. Oh, what? It was a very, How can you have nothing know, to say about Sheila? Because, like, for me, it was just, like, a very straightforward and really fun rock song. That's it. It was just, like, this really, like, straight-to-the-point, fun, lighthearted rock song to listen to. And it has it still has the beach tone. I feel it even without the uh, exactly. The it's like an inverse of Inner Iggy to me. That's why. That Okay, that makes more sense. And I'm, I'm still... I'm not indifferent. I like Sheila. I like Sheila more than uh, than Inner Iggy a little bit. Mm. Wait, hold on. Let me think about that. Well, because nope, never mind. She, it. Sheila has this 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 one breakdown segment that always slaps me in the face, no matter how many times I hear it. Where it's like, "What you do when your bro is just go?" But I don't know what they're saying now. I'm, I still have to listen to it more. But um, <laughs> there's a drum thing where it, like it breaks down, and you as a drummer, I know what you know what I'm talking about. Um, where it's like, "Do do do do." it like it stumbles before it comes back into the main chorus like that one segment always grabs my attention every single time i hear it so i know that sheila is something important to me because it is that sexy sultry one and it is sort of like an inverse to anariggy okay that's fair i feel that it i feel like because the song the really standout part for me was the chorus that like that's what that's what really sold the song for me because everything else was just like all right well it sounds pretty cool whatever it's just like whatever like another three and then the chorus hit and that hit different and that bumped it up immediately i love the chorus right i just i just like i don't feel it with the rest of the song not saying that it doesn't fit more like the chorus stands out and like stands out and feel and delivery so much more than the rest of the song for me that's interesting because I feel like the verses, especially after the first chorus, like the verses from that point forward get way more sultry in terms of his delivery. So I don't know. Maybe maybe when if you, you do think, listen oh. to it a second time or an, a second time, another time, uh, just think about that one drum segment. See if you hear what I'm talking about, because that that is just really what sells no, it. For I me. do. I do hear what you're talking about, but I think what it is for me, I just thought about it, is that. The vocals are doing the exact same thing that the guitar is doing, and I think that's boring. I guess that's true. They're, I never really thought about they're that. Because like, like the guitar isn't supporting Honus Honus, right? It's not like like carrying him to like put him in the spotlight, but Honus Honus isn't also like softening up to like make the guitar stand out. They're both the exact same. Well, there's a, going there's up a and female down vocal to do that. Yeah, and the guitarist still does what the female's vocal do. Is it? it just, I thought I thought for it, sure the female vocal did a harmony with that. 
when it's during the chorus, yeah, before the other song goes, ooh, like, it's it's up there. It, it's harmonized with what he's that doing. Is, that is a, no, that, that's a harmony. That You're correct. That is definitely a harmony. But like the, like the majority they even, of the song, I'm sorry, they even do it a key higher right out there. Sheila. Like, they do. It's, it's really but, well done, man. <laughs> no, that's really cool. But while they're doing that, the guitar is doing what Honus Honus is singing. Right. That's, that's true. That's my beef. That's my beef. So like, hey, you know there me, are, like, I'm more vocal. about vocals. So I got distracted by the fact that it's a duet too. <laughs> oh no. It's like, it sounds great. It's beautiful. Uh, you can everyone can tell what our focuses were on and yeah we were, like, but that's playing. what makes that's why i want to keep the, a music podcast going because you, you're more instrumentation i love vocals so you mm-hmm. know and we can like help like we can like spot out things the other didn't catch and shit <laughs> speaking so. of uh instrumentation uh the next song unsweet me i feel like you have a lot to say about this one I have feelings about this song. <laughs> it's very it's, good, I will say, too. <laughs> it it kind of keeps, like... How do you say it? It, like, starts off, like, with like this really weird, like, it, like interesting, like, pokey feeling. And then... Oh, my God. But see, this is... When we were talking about sequels earlier, this is what I feel like. Uh, Unsweet Need is a sequel to Eel Brothers from Life Fantastic. I kind of feel that. Yeah. No, I think you're on the... You hit the... Where it's like an instrumental that has like a a very darker ambient vibe, but it's not dark in the sense that it's grisly or grimy. It's just, again, it feels like... God, I feel like I'm going to sound like a total tool. Ursula's lair in the little mermaid. Like some (laughs) some dark fucking like under coral reef shit, like deep water shit. That's what I feel like I get from Unsweet Meat. Yeah, I actually really agree with that too. That's a good way to put it. For me, it's just like the... It the way that the the instruments are interacting with each other because there's really like no singing. It until the end. They yeah. Get to do, yeah, pretty much. Like like for like the first half of the song, like there's a minute with nothing but just instruments doing things. The way that the xylophones have to play together with the drums that are mimicking it, and then they take a break to do a really cool drum groove, and then this really nice echo on the guitar while the piano's going at it, dude. Dude. Oh wow! It's two minutes in, by the way, before the vocals even show up. The last thirty seconds of the song. Or I was about to say the song is two minutes thirty-seven, by the way. But yeah, yeah, like "Unsweet Mead." If you want like a really solid, just instrumental track, "Unsweet Mead" is it. It's just really. I don't know. It's just so fun and it's playful. The the transition that they do, um, I I actually thought it was gonna sound a little bit generic, like Eel Brothers through the at the end. Not generic, but you know what I mean. It was gonna sound like Eel Brothers through the majority of it, but then it breaks yeah. down into like, and it, it becomes a completely other like uh uh paste part of the song. Like it feels different and, and there's a different focus and then it gets mm-hmm. to the ending and then it's just, it's such a nice uh, return to the sound after changing it. It's, it's like what prettiest song in the world didn't do. <laughs> Ooh, that's a you good know? way to put it. Look at you. It, it, it changed it, but it didn't change it so harshly that I'm like, all right, I guess I'm, this is just a completely different thing now that I'm just not. Yeah. Even, it's like, Oh, well yeah. we're here now, I guess let's just go with it. Unsweet Me also brings it back. That's what pre- mm-hmm. that's what prettiest song in the world needed to do to be good. The, in order, in the order way for they brought it back mm-hmm. for to bring back it back to, to that beginning like lounge act part, they just needed to bring mm-hmm. it back to that after doing prettiest song in the world. 
Just bring it back home, dude. It's always good to bring a song back home. To oh, like that just like that first, that first bit. Shit. I might You're even right. do that Fuck. myself in fucking audition. I don't even give a <laughs> shit. Do it. Do it. I want to hear it. Moving right along, we got Swan. I Powder literally have right. nothing to say. Powder my wig. You're right. <laughs> yeah, I, I, okay. I literally wrote in my notes nothing. So I'm sorry. Swan, yeah, is, so- Swan is a very pretty song, but I have not gone back and listened to it. Multiple that is times. literally what I put. My notes are short but pretty piano piece, and that is yeah, it. yeah. Moving on. Moving on. So yeah. next, uh, <laughs> powder my wig. Powder my wig. All the dogs out in the pond don't give a fudge about dying swan on the shore. This song, when I first heard this, I went, "Oh my god, Barb is gonna love this song," and he did. Okay, That's I'm me. glad that my prophecy came true because I literally listened to it and I was like, this is the quirkiness that he was always complaining is gone. It's right here to the point where I don't like it anymore towards the end. <laughs> oh, like the big band ending? The, the no. I'm out of my way with you, for you, for me. It's like, oh my God, you're so... This is where the Disney aspect keeps coming at me where it's like, just let this, him fucking yeah. do the soundtrack to an animated feature. Just let him do it already. This is definitely like a little corny song. Uh, just... Pattern My Wig is also one of the top ones for me. For Like literally my four best ones were Goat, Unsweet Meat, Prettiest Song, and Pattern My Wig. Like, mm-hmm. that's it. Those are the ones for, like for me that just like said it. But like, I don't know. It, you're right that like I didn't notice it before. But like you're right. It's like, like oh yeah, it's like a carnival Disney kind of thing that he can do. I, I if if I was standing in Disney and I was watching the the parade of all like the yeah just just like the parade with the, all the parade of all by, the parades. Yes, the parade <laughs> of all the dudes going by in their vehicles and shit. Correct. That, I I could see this song playing while they're doing their thing and waving at me and then having some zoomer millennial dab at me being i don't know fucking what's one of the princesses mulan she's relevant right she's there you doing go. Bam. the what the fuck is that dance called god i'm so old uh do it out yourself the out floss yourself. das floss <laughs> she's floss oh my god i would love to see <laughs> i would love to see mulan floss in like battle armor that'd be awesome to man man that's oh. very interesting uh, <laughs> I mean, it's not. A, it's just a weird fantasy. We all have our own kink. S- since we passed Man. by all our favorites already, I mean, yeah, I mean, no, I'll save it to the end. Fuck it. Let's. We only got one more track, really. Two more tracks. Um, if Barely. only is a, a duet ballad. Uh, it's mm-hmm. it's very sweet. I I do like it. Um, the only thing is, it's it's another slow track. It's see, the thing is with slow tracks, for you to get me into it, there's gotta be an escalation. There's gotta be a you know, you start out very simple and then it becomes a big bombastic thing. And if only tries doing that, but it doesn't go hard enough. Literally, the extent that it goes in is like one of those um, God, I forgot the names of those drums. You might know it, where it's like. And it just is basically just to reverberate, and then that's it. And that's that's as mm-hmm. as, as intense as it gets. I actually really liked it because it was because it was so simple, and just mm. just the the line of like, "What's the point of that? What's the point of that?" I don't know. It just hit home. And oh, he's a great I lyricist, think, always. Mm-hmm. So for sure, yeah. And, and like also like, if I'm talking about lyrics, then like that must have hit me really hard because that's that's not my field at all. But. If only has like simple instrumentation that carries the vocals so nicely. I think that it's one of the. I think it's one of the better ways to end the album. The it is the outro essentially, and that's it, it yeah. is a good outro, which is why it in the valley and the in between feels a little bit superfluous because it's just an extra minute yeah, of what that was. 
it felt like it should have been just like an extension of if only just find a way to like snip it together and then just let it play out i'm sorry or about the track take... in and of itself because i know the album no, called that too yeah i know i know oh wait for maybe for the audience but yeah like yeah if they could extend if only with in the valley of, of the in-between i think hell they don't even need that they could just drop it and they could have named if only in the valley of the in-between to make it the title ending because yeah. i think if only is a great way to just say thanks for stopping by farewell i could see that i could see that mm-hmm. How, however this is where i'm going to disagree with you i mentioned mm-hmm. this earlier there there is a, a very solid pace and this is why i feel like a better track listing would have really helped here we went through yeah. a lot of things and then we're taking it home i feel like the best way to have ended it would be to call back to the previous upbeat beachy sounds that they keep on hitting and end it with cloud nine i'm still gonna actually i'm gonna disagree with that maybe if they did if they did a reprise where it was a where it kept the tone of if only where it was like still like the slow melancholic just like or maybe even have it like kind of like a slideshow where everything's just like blending together where they find the motif of the album. It's, it's just weird just for that. me to think that this album ends in such a mo- melancholy way when there's so many optimistic tracks on it. I feel like ending it with Cloud Nine would have been like a big carry me home with a big, you know, send off as opposed to like a, a meek walk. You know, you said walking to the door. I didn't want to feel yeah. sad that I left. I want it to be, you know, the big, you know, and plus the first line of the goddamn track would have been perfect. Nothing. never lasts it's it's like yeah kind of like what they did with like clockwork but spotify lists that at the end so maybe that's what even birthed the idea in my head to begin with so you know what it you know what it might be i think it might have been that the piano Mm. tracks that played should maybe should have been more impactful but they weren't and because they ended it on the piano track only that it's not hitting the same because and i'm looking for cloud nine to take that spot yeah i see what you mean Mm -hmm. now all right so that was Man Man, uh, Dream Hunting in the Valley of the In-Between. Uh, Barb, can you give me, I, I don't know how we're going to do rankings, but I feel like letter rankings, would that be okay with you? Sure. Okay, what what do you think I, for a letter ranking for this album? I think it'd be a solid B. I think it'd just okay. be, like, I, I, I'd give it a strong B. At the worst, I think it'd be a C plus because there, plen- there are a couple of misses on this album that really hurt it. But then again, there are also some strong songs that carry that fucking weight. They uh-huh. just they hold that onto that burden and shoot it through. So I'd say, yeah, you know what? I'll stick. I'll stick. I'll stick with a with a really low B, um, a C plus on a bad day. But yeah, I, I'll go with a B. So my ranking, if I may, uh, it's funny that you say that you give it a B because I uh, I give it a B. <laughs> <gasps> Wow. Very different. I know. I, I kind of <laughs> I don't want to give it a C because C implies that I, it was like, all right, it came out. Um, It wasn't bad, but it didn't really do anything for me. And that's a very lukewarm reception. This album mm-hmm. definitely wasn't that. So I have to give it a B. I did have moments where I was like, okay, I'm enjoying myself. This was what I was waiting for. This is a Man Man album. This yes. is uh, mm-hmm. it, it's not like. You know, okay, well, this is just all same generic stuff. The whole thing, I I can pretty much skip it. That's a C, essentially, or a D. If I feel like you could skip it, that's a D. But I know that this is a B for me because I am, as you said, there are really strong tracks that really pull it through. But those strong tracks are actually which make me think that it's a B plus. 
not Ooh. a B minus because a B plus implies that like it's right there. It's right there to being like a solid album. It just needs better fucking track listing and it needs just some tweaks here and there. And it would just been an A rank. I, I do not think it'd been possible for this to be an S rank. And that's just unfortunate. S ranks are very rare. I don't give that to everyone. Like mm-hmm. th- that's really up there. That literally every song needs to be like perfectly synchronized together for an S rank. And this wasn't that. So it's no. not an A rank. It's definitely a B rank for me. All right. Well, um, that I feel like we covered everything pretty fucking extensively. Um, I think we did a good job with that. Yeah. Before we go, I wanted to ask you, Barb, um, uh-huh. before I fucking shoot myself for not having this opportunity for for you listening out there you hear it every single time we start the show barb made the theme song for the show for the fan freaks podcast and i never in the first episode that he was on asked him what it was like (laughs) making it and i've always fucking regretted it so you know what right here right fucking now at the end of the man man show tell me what was it like making from scratch the fan freaks (laughs) theme well, it wasn't as angry as you're yelling. Yeah. So, okay. Fuck. This is <laughs> So, the 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 Fan Freaks theme was two and a half weeks of 23 seconds and it was really fun and really stressful. It was it's basically my first production job and um but it wasn't like you just sent me your first example and then that's what we went with he really worked with me in terms of like what do you want to hear this is what i have right now he gave me fucking kickstarter updates like yeah so like what basically what it was was i'd always i'd come up with an idea and with a theme and before i even started writing i'd come back to you and be like all right this is what i got what do you feel you know what maybe this should be more in the forefront he was 100% 100% transparent with me. He told me exactly what he was looking for, exactly what he needed. And that gave me the ability to go back, revise everything that I was doing, and then start writing. And you were 100% the entire way. So what I wrote is also thanks to you being clear. So don't, thank you Don't for you that. dare. Don't you dare turn no, this facts. around on me. No, it's no, facts. Thank it's you, facts. you motherfucker. Because you, the, the prototype, the beta version of the Fan Freaks theme was like way more edgy sounding. I remember it having a way darker tone. And you, I know that you did that because you know my taste in music. And I was like, wait, hold on. We should make it a little bit more, you know, uppity, kind of rocky, kind of fun thing. And you yeah. were able to adapt to that really fucking quickly. So that speaks to you as a as an artist that you can do that. I'm re- I'm really glad because though, <laughs> so I'm yeah. Everyone's already heard the the 23 seconds of the song because it's only like 23 seconds. And I also gave him the shorter uh, intro version, which is like I think like 10 or 15 seconds. But <laughs> which was initially those... the outro, but I swapped it because I figured a shorter intro might be better. Mm-hmm. I remember we talked about that. Yeah. And Get you right in there. Those those two and a half weeks were a lot of stress, a lot of revision, going back and forth with myself, seeing the song fit, taking time away so that I can hear the song new again. It was really stressful, really rewarding. Can't wait to do it again. And man, oh my god. Yeah. And it's it's funny. Like you, you I'm mean, you do this with all your works, of course. Like anything that you make, you always look back and you're like, wait. Oh, I could do something better now. There's always so much that you want to add. But like in that moment when I was writing all that song, everything just felt like it was going to fit so well. And I'm really proud of <laughs> the 23 seconds that I wrote. It's it's I have the track on my phone because I can show I can show people what I've written. I have it on 
uh, a website that I'm building so that I can show people, hey, this is my portfolio. I wrote this track for this podcast. Check it out. It's one of my favorite things. I've been doing covers and shit on my own for a bit, and this is still my favorite thing to show off. I'm really proud of it. So thank you for giving me the chance to write it. No, of course, man. I mean, fucking, it was money well spent. Let me fucking tell you, like, I've been using it hardcore. And you said that you think about it and think about any changes you want to do. Well, fuck, man, I need holiday versions. I need a Halloween version. I need a Christmas one. And I'll commission those just the same. So be prepared. Keep those thinking. Uh, Keep that in your head. Keep it nice and thematic. You got it. Alrighty, so we're going to go ahead and uh, sign off for now. I want to give a big thank you for our listener for uh, listening to this very, very in-depth review on this album that I'm sure not even a lot of people have heard of because we're just giant (laughs) fucking music losers. But really, I wanted to do this album in particular. I knew not a lot of people would know Man Man in particular, um, in particular, in particular, uh, because like no one really talks about Man Man, and they are such a unique and creative band that... I feel like they deserve a chance. So what if I have any fucking control over them getting any publicity, it, you know, I'm going to do it. I'm going to fucking do it. So please give Man Man a listen. If you don't like this album, try one of the earlier ones. And if you don't like those, then, you know, Go I'm fuck sorry. yourself. Okay. I said it, not him. I'm allowed. I'm a guest. Fuck you. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> thank you so much for listening to the Fan Freaks podcast. Um, you can check us out on the Fan Freaks Facebook, F A N F R E E K S Fan Freaks, or you can yell at us at Twitter. I am at Bone King TV. And Barb, what's your Twitter, bro? Uh, I think mine is Brawling Barb right now, so you can go ahead and go there. Uh, again, my Twitch, Brawling Barb. So you can go ahead and check me out. I stream on Thursdays and Fridays. Fridays are drunk. Um, yeah, thank Wait, you so yeah. much, everybody, for stopping by and checking out the podcast. Yeah. Uh, see you on Twitch. <laughs> See me on Twitch. Team BBC. Woo!